Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. If you're just joining us for the first time, then feel free to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, the most popular being our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from around the world in all different sectors give their in-depth answers on leadership, what books they love, what they found most challenging, uh, the most meaningful stories, how they how they structure their time through the day. That's free, so go and check it out. And we'd love to interview you about your leadership. I believe you have advice from your experience, your context, and your life so far that is important and can help other leaders. It's also a great way to give back. It's free to get involved, and you can do so by going to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest, or just Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form that pops up. We have a free resource for you on our website. It's called Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook. It has interviews with 10 world-class leaders, and you can go to consultclarity.org. It's right at the top and get that today. Uh, we also have a daily email that we send out to over 15,000 leaders, and that email contains the highlights, our best content from our podcasts, our blog, uh, my book, uh, the books that we're loving that are out there about leadership, it's also the best way to get access to our masterclasses and workshops before anyone else. And there's also exclusive and limited uh, special options just for subscribers. And you can subscribe by going to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe. Now, my gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If you, if you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. It also means a lot to me personally when people like you and people in our community share our content on social media. So if you do that, then please do look for me, Jono White, to tag me and look to tag Clarity uh, on whatever platform you're on. And our team, including me, I, I'm always looking to see when people have mentioned us so that I can engage with you. And also we look at sharing content. So if you, if you write something about something we've done, there's also a good chance we'll share that with our followers. So if you could do that, that is a massive, massive help as we try to invest in as many leaders as we can around the world. Last of all, you can check out my book about how to deal with difficult people even if you hate conflict. It's called Step Up or Step Out. It's available on Amazon. You can just look up Step Up or Step Out, John o. White, or you can go to store.consultclarity.org forward slash book and check it out there. I 
have coached leader after leader after leader. And in more than 50% of the sessions, this topic comes up. How do I deal with this person? I'm finding it really difficult. And, and I just want to find a way that doesn't blow up to do a really, just to have a difficult conversation, to lead them better. How do I do that? There's a three-step process that I outline in this book that I believe can help you. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to episode 32 of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Today's guest is Don Hennig. Don is the co-founder of AccrueMe.com. He was born in Brooklyn, New York, and started quenching his entrepreneurial thirst at the ripe age of 12. Don has built successful companies in various industries, from finance, publishing, mortgage, real estate, entertainment, and now he has developed a unique way to provide capital to Amazon sellers to grow their businesses. It's so unique, he reversed the risk for the seller and does not require any interest, fees, or monthly payments, and no loss of ownership for the seller. Accrue.me has $100 million to provide to Amazon sellers to grow and is actively spreading the wealth. It seems that every economic downturn creates new models never before seen, and Accrue.me is definitely one of those game-changing models. Well, this is going to be a fascinating conversation just based on our quick chat beforehand as well. I feel like there's 10 directions we could go and they're all going to be good. Um, So Don, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, it's my pleasure, John. Yeah, it's going to be fun. We're definitely going to have some fun. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So tell us about accrueme.com. I mentioned a little bit in in your bio, uh, but give us a snapshot of the of the company and also what your role as co-founder looks like now. Sure. Um, you know, being real, real brief, we I, I, I was retired and I uh, a friend of mine started talking to me about some different business ideas and I offered to help, but I did not want to get involved because I was done. I was really enjoying my life and um, outside of business. And uh, we came up with an idea on financing Amazon sellers that was so good, I had to come back in and go back to work full time. And the idea is basically, has, yeah, exactly, it's crazy. Uh, and trust me, all of my friends call me crazy. Uh, so, you know, the idea was, it's a game changer for these Amazon sellers. So we'll give them money based upon the amount of inventory and receivables they have. And we don't charge them any interest. We don't charge them any fees. So there's nothing hidden there. We don't charge. We don't uh, require a personal guarantee like every other loan in the world. And, and we don't require monthly payments. And the idea there is that they pay us when it's right for them in their business, not when it's right for us. So, you know, you look at Amazon and you think about wow. these sellers who are making the vast majority of their money in Q3 and Q4. How stupid would it be to take money out of their business and send it to us or to send it to a bank or anyone else? They should use all their money right now to buy inventory, grow their business, make more money and and, and, and take advantage of the op- opportunities in front of them. Uh, so and then when they when they're flush with cash, sometimes it's March, sometimes it's May, sometimes it's not into, for two years. That's when they pay us when it's right for them and their business. And uh, what we get out of it is we get a small percentage of profits. So we want them to grow their business. We want them to earn more money. And it's not about how many sales they make, but it's how much money they make on the bottom line. Mm. And that's what we share in. So if they don't do well, we don't do well. If they lose money, we don't get anything. And they don't owe us anything. And we have sellers that are using our money 
to grow their business rapidly, like really rapidly, game-changing, life-changing rapidly. And then they look to sell their business in a year, year and a half, two years. And all we get is our investment plus our accrued profits. They keep all the upside. Wow. So it, it is a game changer. Yeah, I, I love the idea that you share in the profits because you're exactly right that I think just that alone, there's a lot that I love about the model, but but just saying we only share in the profits is must be such a uh, I guess it's such a it's such a great relationship starting point for you and the Amazon seller to be able to say if you don't do yeah. well, we don't do well. We're only here to build you up and and uh, to make you successful. And I think that's that's actually a really good segue into leadership because I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of crossover between that model and having that same approach to to people that we lead. Um, tell us a little bit of your story, Don. Tell us the the story as far back as you want to go in terms of some of the the highlights and some of the lowlights of of how you became Don the leader today. Well, it's interesting. I, I you know I have a long story, but because I've done so many different things, it's not. I'm one of those unusual people where I didn't get into an industry and stay in that industry. Maybe different companies, but stay in that industry for thirty or forty years. I, you know, I started, uh, uh, you know, mentioned it in the uh, in the preamble that, you know, when I was 11 years old, I had two paper routes and I became the number one paper salesperson for long, the Long Island Press on Long Island in New York. Wow. Uh, there are millions of people here, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was a contest and I wanted to win it. You know, I've always believed in, in being the best and trying harder than anybody else. And, uh, you know, it's not difficult. I, but, you know, I skipping a few steps, I uh, opened up my first business. Uh, I had an ice cream truck when I was in college, but I opened up my first business, which was a financial planning business and yeah. uh, went out on my own and did very well, bought my first house, bought my first new car while I had my financial planning business. And then financial planners who all came to know me started asking me about about mortgages and residential mortgages. I knew nothing about it, but I knew commercial lending. So I learned about residential lending and I started a mortgage company. And within three years, two to three years, I was one of the two or three largest in New York State, wow. which is you know obviously pretty big. And I sold that business 10 years later as a mortgage banking firm and did very, very well. Uh, and the reason I sold it was that I started another business, which was a mortgage broker franchise. It's never been done before. It's never been done since. Okay. And I built it to 760 companies nationwide and uh, throughout the United States. And I sold that. Uh, and then I looked at myself and said, what do I want to do? I love being out in the fields with the kids. And the kids were playing soccer at the time. So yeah. I started a soccer publication. I never did anything in public publish, publishing before. <laughs> so I started a soccer publication. It was just me. I got every ad, every article, every picture, everything. Uh, 32 full pages. This is not digital. This is, you know, all print uh, with 50% being ads. And I did everything from the, you know, everything, really. I hired a, a, a graphic designer to put the paper together for a day, a month. And we became, or I became the, the official newspaper for New York State Soccer, 167,000 copies every month. And I did, you know, literally everything. And it made money from the month one on. And then I sold that to a couple of people that were in the publishing business. I got back into the mortgage world, uh, built one of the largest mortgage companies in the United States. 
the, the fifth largest direct-to-consumer business in the, in the United States for mortgages, uh, and the sixth largest wholesale business, which is working with mortgage brokers. So uh, I was representing, you know, about $75 billion, B with a B, uh, yeah. billion with a B, a year, and over 300 million net profit after taxes. Uh, and the nice thing is I was compensated on profit. So <laughs> that was a good thing. Yeah. And built a, a, an amazing team of thousands of people. But throughout my career, I was very fortunate to build amazing teams. And, uh, you know, to this day, I'm still friends with people from my first business on. Uh, and, and it's just a matter of respect that I had for them and they had for me and caring for each other and all of that. But one last story real quick on the, yep. on, on the, the story. Uh, I ended up starting an entertainment company from scratch. Never did anything like that. And uh, a friend of mine was a, 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 a small producer out in Hollywood. And so he asked me to invest in a movie. I said, you know, I don't know how you make money, but I assume you get some piece of whatever I invest. And I'd love to invest in a movie. Sounds like a lot of fun. I said, but why don't we do something different? I said, why don't we, why don't I invest in you? He said, what do you mean? I said, instead of me putting in, you know, a small amount of money, I'll put in a large amount of money into a bank account. You'll get a salary. You'll never have to ask somebody to do something that they shouldn't do. And we'll have some fun and build a business. Well, we did that. We built, we did eight feature length films with the biggest name stars from Tom Cruise and Natalie Portman, Mark Ruffalo, on and on and on. And the, the, the Broadway show Rock of Ages, we created and produced it. Uh, which became the uh, the 26th longest running play of all time. So a lot of fun. Uh, truthfully, we didn't make a lot of money, but we had a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, I, I took some time and I said, what do I want to do? I, it was a good time to buy and flip houses. So in yep. 18 months, I bought and, and flip, bought, fixed and flipped 300 houses, every one of them for a profit. So you could see I flipped all these different industries uh, came back into the into the mortgage industry for a little bit, built a very, very large company in the mortgage in the, you know, in, in the mortgage space in the United States. Again, a, a second time around, one of the largest in the in the country. And uh, now I took five years off and here I am back in with a crew me and helping Amazon sellers an industry I knew nothing about zero. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm, I'm pretty well known and I'm having a lot of fun with it. That was, uh, I, I feel like um, that was one of those moments where you hear a few sentences and you know that there's 10 years, I reckon there's 10 lifetimes of sto of stories in your entrepreneurial oh journey, Don. Oh my God. The stories are, I, ha I forget half of them, but people remind me, which is very, very nice. <laughs> well, on <laughs> that, um, tell us about the, uh, I know you mentioned when I was, uh, when I sent you through some notes, you, you mentioned there was a, a day where you lost roughly $4 million. Can you tell us that story? <laughs> I forgot. It. I told you that. Yeah. yeah right. Well, you know, you know, it's it kind of crazy, but yeah, it, it actually happened. So at this one large mortgage company that I was running, uh, I don't know how many divisions, but the vast majority of it, and I represented all a hundred percent of the profit of the company. The one I told you about where we we're earning over $300 million net profit. That was all through my divisions. I, uh, well, this is during the financial crisis in 2007 and eight. And all of a sudden in one week, we went from being healthy to being out of business. 
Wow. And yeah, we, we, it was some bad mistakes that were made by others in the organization as far as uh, not selling the loans that we had. We had something like $19 billion on our books and the market shut down. You mm. couldn't sell anything, literally nothing. Wow. So all the big guys wanted to buy us like Goldman Sachs and uh, BlackRock and, and the others. And nothing came through because they were worried that the markets wouldn't reopen. So yeah. the company shut down. Well, about a month before, to show people that I wasn't worried, I put my money where my mouth is. And I, I, I took a million dollars out of my pocket and bought stock. Not the smartest move when you look back. But I wanted to say to my people, hey, if I'm asking you to be focused and go to work and, and, and do all the things you need to do and not be worried about this, I'm showing you that that's what I'm saying. That that's the way I'm living my life. I'm getting up every morning, I'm ignoring you know the, the people that are saying bad things, and I'm just staying living in positivity and going out there and kicking ass every day. And that's what I need everybody else to do. And everybody got the message very clear. Uh, but in the end, I also over the, a few years I deferred a lot of my income. So it, it's a great process where you can defer your income and, you know, that becomes your retirement. Well, the problem with deferred income is if the company goes bankrupt, you lose all that deferred income, even though you earned it. Yeah. And you earned it the year before and the year before that and the year before that. It all goes away. So, yeah, on one day I lost four million dollars. But what did I do? How did I react? I felt horrible for the people who lost their jobs. I lost my job too, but I was gonna be able to pay my mortgage. There were people that weren't gonna be able to pay their mortgage. So the first thing that I did was the next morning, I went to the church, we have a soup kitchen there called a hospitality center where they feed hundreds of people every single day. They clothe hundreds of people, they do everything. And I went there with a big check. And cause I think if you feel bad, if things are going bad for you, Go do something good for others. Mm. And, you know, you'll never think about yourself again. You'll just do, you know, just think about others and go do something good. And that's what I did. Uh, then I went immediately to the bankruptcy court and I asked them to allow me back in the building uh, because, you know, I was fired like everybody else. And to turn on my computer and seven other offices and computers around the nation, people on my team, and they firmly shut me down and said, absolutely not. There's no way. I said, look, we want to help people get jobs. All these people are out of work. And so eventually I talked them into it and I'm paying everybody out of my pocket in cash. And in that week, we never worked harder. We yeah. placed over 1300 people in jobs. And, you know, then after that week, I was able to sit back and say, okay, what just happened? Am I supposed to feel bad about myself? Like I had to do some, you know, personal thinking about this. Yeah. And I didn't really feel bad at all. I felt good about my reaction. I felt good about the way that I, you know, uh, handled things. And uh, I didn't feel, I, I literally, I never felt bad for myself for a minute, not for a minute. So that's, that's my $4 million story. Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> oh, no, thank you so much for sharing that. I remember hearing recently a, a quote, I can't remember who it was, uh, that, you know, life is 90%, uh, sorry, 10% what happens to us and 90% how we react. And I feel like your story, you know, summed that up that so easily could have been 90%. You could have just chosen to really 
focus on on some horrible uh, circumstances, and but you 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 didn't. That's uh, you know I really respect that, and I respect that you were modelling it. You know, for your people, even though you say, "Oh, was that the wisest move to put your money where your mouth was?" Well, I think. I think one of the biggest challenges I see for leaders is when they're not modeling it, when they're saying something and mm-hmm. and people watch and say and, and go, okay, I'm watching now, and they don't do what they say. 100%. You've got to lead by doing. You know, you can't expect, you know, the, for lack of a better word, you know, you know, talk is BS, you know. You, you, gotta, you have to actually do it. it. You can't just talk about it. You have to do it. They, everybody wants to follow a leader. Leaders lead from the front. Yeah, and that's great, Don. And I know that you have a background, uh, and you mentioned this with the soccer publication, but tell us tell us about, for you, being an athlete and how that's affected your entrepreneurship and your leadership and what you've learned from that. Interesting. So, uh, you know, I, I played every sport as a kid, and I continue to play racquetball, at, you know, these days and go to the gym all the time and all of that. But as a as a you know young kid playing baseball and lacrosse and football and all the other sports, I had it in my head. I always wanted to be the best. And how do you be the best? You have to work harder than anybody else. And there are plenty of people with more skills than me, but I could work harder. I know I can run harder. I know if I keep working after practice, I'm going to have you know better stamina than anybody else. And in the end of the game, nobody's going to be better than me. And that's what I did. I you know, always tried to do a little bit more than everybody else. At the end of practice, whatever sport it was, we typically had to do wind sprints. And everybody kind of jogs. And for me, this is my opportunity. It's like the end of the game. I want to be better. I want to go for it. So I'm pushing as hard as I can. And I would, I would get called, you know, a brown noser, like, you know, like I'm basically kissing the coach's ass. And, you know, reality is I could care less about the coach. I just wanted to be better. And because I wanted to be better, I, I became better. I practiced more. I, I just became better as a result. So then what happens? You get named as captain of the team. And all of a sudden you're captain of this team and captain of that team and captain of the other team. And what happens? People start to follow you. Because you're leading by example. Again, you're yes. leading from the front. You're not saying, "All right, mm. guys, you know, it's the end of practice. Let's you know, let's let's take it easy. Nobody make anybody look bad." No, that's ridiculous. It, it, are we here to win? Are we here to get better? Or are we here to just you know play a game and you know show up and go home and have something to eat? No, if we're going to be on the field, let's go for it as a team. And we did. Uh, and we had some amazing teams. I was on teams that were nationally ranked in football. And I had scholarships for football and lacrosse uh, to many schools, which was a lot of fun, really a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I love uh, that, how you talked about work. I remember listening to a Jerry Seinfeld interview recently uh, on the Tim Ferriss show. And um, Anyone who's a fan of Seinfeld and Jerry Seinfeld, I just I could listen to him for hours. He just the, he just cracks yeah. me up just in conversation, right? And yeah, he's uh, good. And Tim Ferriss asked him, "What would you put on a billboard if you just had a couple of words to to tell to millions?" And he said, "Just work." <laughs> and I thought that yeah, was so yeah. It was so funny as a comedian who's so funny, but his his secret when he was like, "Well, really, at the end of the day." the thing that's probably been most pivotal is I've just worked. I've just kept on keeping on writing new content, 
being disciplined with my processes. And that was that was his big takeaway. Let me let me add to that for a second, because yesterday I got a phone call from an Amazon seller and he's not working with us at, at this time. He was working with us a year ago and he's a young guy. I'm going to say not even 25. I think he's like 22 years old and he had built a really nice business, but a lot of his money was invested with one supplier slash distributor and that distributor got shut down by the FBI for selling counterfeit products. So this, this young man who built a great business lost hundreds of thousands of dollars right then and there. And he you know, owed us money. He owed others money. And people were actually threatening to break his legs and things like that. And he disappeared. And I kept reaching out to him, kept reaching out to him, letting him know that, you know, you got to talk. Anyway, yesterday he called me. We eventually did talk and we had many conversations. And yesterday he called me out of the blue. It's been a year. And he said, I just wanted to say thank you. You saved my life. All right. So you have to understand how bad things were. And when you're young, we've all been there. It feels mm. like it's the end of the world. Mm. And for him, it was that at that point. And he said, and I took your advice. I said, well, you got to tell me what I said, because I, I have no idea what I said. He said, you told me to that I have the knowledge in the Amazon world and not to give that up, that other people are dying to have that knowledge. And I have it. And you told me that to pull back the business to whatever size makes sense, whatever size, pay off your debt, pull back the size of your business, and you're going to start over. And then you're going to go out and work your ass off. It's not going to be easy, but you have to work your ass off. That's the only way to get there. And he said to me, your advice was exactly on. It wasn't on the money. It wasn't easy. He said, I literally lived in my warehouse 24-7. I moved a, a, a blow-up mattress in here. And now we pulled the business back or he pulled the business back to $40,000. That was it. And now he's up to $280,000 in inventory with no debt. And he's on top of the world. And he's also in, at the same time, eliminated neg negative people from his life. And he is just doing fantastic. And he just wanted to reach out because, you know, it was a life changing event for him. And it's fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's definitely, that's one of those stories where you can hear in that story, how it's a horrible thing for him to have gone through, but I bet oh. he is going to be an absolute next level um, uh, entrepreneur. And the way he runs his business, having going through those learnings, you can already hear running that debt, you know, debt free in yeah. terms of um, crossing two hundred thousand dollars. That's uh, that's amazing, Don. It's fantastic, two hundred and eighty now, and he thinks based upon everything that's going on, by this time next year, he'll have a million dollar business. Wow. That's awesome. And he was giving, he was walking away from it all. And truthfully, you know, there were, you know, signs and, and discussion of, of suicide at the time. And, yeah. uh, you know, here he is, he's come mm. all the way back and yeah, that's incredible. wonderful to see, but that goes along with that sign, that billboard, just work, <laughs> get, you know, uh, you're never going to get there unless you get up every morning and make it happen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, you mentioned how he cut some people out of his life who he realized were just really uh, negative. Yeah. For you, what have you learned over your leadership and, uh, you know, your entrepreneurial career about 
I guess, the difference between good hires and bad hires and how to manage both? Well, you know, it's funny when you are hiring people and you're building a, you know, a growing business, you are going to hire fast, fast and furious. And you can do your best with every hire to, you know, know everything you can about them and know who they are as a person and things along those lines. But you're going to make mistakes and you're going to hire the wrong person from time to time. And if you care about your team and truthfully, if you care about your business, but if you really care about your team and your team is your business, then you're going to eliminate those bad hires as quickly as humanly possible. And I always refer to it as cutting out the cancer. When there's a cancer, and it could just be a bad attitude, it could be somebody that just doesn't do their job. And, you know, as a leader, you have to figure out, well, what can I do to help this person do their job? Maybe they're in the wrong position. Is there a position I can, I, I can move them into? But if they have a bad attitude, there's not a hell of a lot you're going to do. You know, you got to get these people out of your organization. I'll give you one quick example, which yeah. I just thought of back in my first mortgage company. Again, we were very good size and uh, my largest, my biggest sales guy, he was fantastic. I was making a lot of money as a result of him, but there was something about him I just didn't like. I don't know what it was. He just rubbed me the wrong way. And I was, you know, 23 years old, 25 years old, maybe. And uh, one day I, I realized when I pulled into the office, I owned the building, a brand new building I built. And I see his car there and I'm like, oh my God, I don't even want to go in. I'm like, wait a minute, this is my business. So I went in, I said, come on into my office. He came into the office. I said, look, uh, I want you to take all of your loans that you haven't submitted yet and submit them somewhere else. Uh, I don't want your business anymore. Everything that you have in, you have no fears because you'll get paid 100% on everything. Uh, you know, so that's, that's easy. And if you need something, I'll take those loans too and I'll, I'll pay you 100%. But, uh, you know, besides that, I just, it's time to go on. He goes, so you're firing me? I said, yeah. He said, why are you firing me? And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I know HR and all that stuff. And I said, screw it. I said, truthfully, because I just don't like you. And I, and I like to surround myself with people that I like. And if I don't like you, you probably don't like me. So it's pr just not right. And so it's time to go on and move on and, you know, good luck. Anyway, he leaves. I, I just knew I lost a big chunk of my sales. Like yeah. I'm thinking, how am I going to recover from this? This is a lot of money I just threw out the window. And I have all the overhead stayed with me. Yeah. So now what happened that day was uh, people started coming into the office, into my office. Like my, you know, a, a young processor, like a 19-year-old girl comes into my office and say, says, Don, you fired Barry? I said, yeah. She goes, thank you so much. I said, why? She goes, he was disgusting. I said, what tell, What do you mean? And she shows me a note that he left on her, her window. It was, very, it was disgusting, really. And it turns out he was treating everybody in a bad, bad, bad way. And nobody wanted to tell me because they knew that he was the number one salesman. So I didn't know anything. And I learned then that that's a big mistake from a managing standpoint, that I have to have a better open door policy with everybody. And I have to have ways of communicating up and down throughout the organization uh, much better than I had at the time, because I should have known about this cancer way yes. long ago.
Yeah. And but anyway, when I when I fired him and I fired him for the right reasons and I realized and, and I've lived by this, I will never work with someone I don't like. End of story. It's it's paramount. Yeah, that's I, I can't remember if it was on this podcast. It might have been, but someone someone used this uh, this phrase, which has really stuck with me, which is you, you only want to work with people that you wouldn't avoid if you saw them out. And I, I thought that was I thought that was so good. You know, if you're you finish work, but that night you go, um, you know, late yeah. night shopping somewhere, and you see them in the distance, are you going to go? Oh man, I can't. You know, are you going to yeah. avoid them, or are you going to go? Oh, hey, it's you know, and and actually want to see them. And I thought that's so. And it's it's the same thing that you're you're saying is you want to work with people that you like because you're going to spend so much of your time with them. And it's so much more fun. And not for anything, when you're having fun, everybody does better. And everybody yes. and everybody is communicating better, and we all know what the goal is, and everybody's working hard towards that goal. And you know, we're all trying to help each other. And when you have a down day, I'm there to pick you up. And when I'm having a down day, you're there to pick me up. And that's what teams are about, and that's what life is about. And you know, work is not like it's 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 as if it's not life. It is life. It's part of our lives. Let's make it fun. Let's enjoy it. Absolutely. Uh- Listening and implementing, I know that's something that you're passionate about and uh, tell us a little bit about, about that and, and maybe if anything comes to mind, any stories that, that come to mind where you learnt that either the hard way, <laughs> uh, where you yeah. didn't listen or where y- you did and it really led to a great result. Well, did you ever hear of TQM, Total Quality Management? Mm, did you ever yeah. hear that? Yes. Yeah. So many years ago, that was the the catchphrase, and you know, I didn't I didn't know what it was, but apparently, what it, I I learned after the fact because I sent some of my managers to a TQM uh, conference, and when they came back, and we sat down as a whole management team, and the two women that went to the conference, I said, okay, you know, well, report back to us. What did you learn? What can we learn? And and they laughed and they said, seriously? And I said, yeah. And they said we didn't learn anything. Everything they're talking about doing as the way to run a business is the way that this business is running. I said, really? Like what? And they said, you know, for instance, getting feedback from everybody and listening. So, you know, from day one, my first mortgage company, I would put up a, a, a not a sign, a, a, a board by, by the cafeteria that would be for suggestions. And we would get suggestions and people would write the suggestions down. And before you know it, you know, the board was full. So the first month, you know, the board board doesn't get full. And you see the suggestions up there. You write them all down. You pass them around. You discuss them. And I'll never forget one of the first uh, suggestions. And a woman in our office, Regina, she posted uh, to change the timer on the lights in the parking lot. Again, I own the building. So I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, well, because I work late, but I don't want to be here in the dark. So when I leave, I would like the lights on. If the lights were on, I'd work more. I'm like, oh, man, that's an easy one. Now I just, now I just have to find where the timer is and we'll figure that one out. But it's little, it's something like that, that like I could never care. I wouldn't even know if the lights were on. I could care less. It didn't think, it's nothing that affected me. It affected other people. When I did it at a much, much bigger company with, you know, thousands of employees and we created technology to do these things, I'll never forget, it was, this was a mortgage company and one of the first suggestions that came in 
And I got ridiculed for doing suggestions. People, uh, suggestion box, blah, 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 whatever. No, if you do it right, it's one of the most impactful things you could ever do. So one of the first suggestions was uh, to put the fixed rates, remember this is mortgage, fixed rates and adjustable rates in the same order. Like, what does that mean? So we reached out to the person who was who put the suggestion in. What do you mean? Well, look at the rate sheets. And at the time, there used to be printed rate sheets. This is not that long ago. And uh, yeah, so the rate sheet was you know, five pages, six pages. Well, all the fixed rates are, are going the, the highest rate to the lowest rate. Then you get to the adjustables and they start with the lowest rate to the highest rate. They should all be in the same order. Like, that is the easiest fix in the world. And, and everybody, everybody, the entire company, thousands of people saying, oh, my God, this is so much easier now. Like, <laughs> you know, so if you actually have the, 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 the mechanisms in place to listen to your team, don't believe that you, you're sitting in this ivory tower that you have, the, you have all the answers and can make the decisions. You don't. Listen to your team. Implement that what, what they think is the most important. And then you, what you're going to find is that they're going to help, you know, your business improve dramatically because now they're engaged. They know that they can change the business. Yeah. They know that they have the power to make this business better than it ever was, as opposed to sitting down at lunch and, and complaining, oh, you know, these stupid rate sheets or blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, the damn lights don't go on on time. It's so stupid. You know, I, I hate working here. No, yeah. listen to your people. And, and, and implement what they tell you. It's the easiest thing in the world. But don't implement without listening first. So listen, then implement. And, and we've built businesses on that catchphrase alone. Yeah. And it's so important. So important. I, just to put it in perspective, yep. in, in the business with the rate sheets, again, we had thousands of employees. Uh, I, my, I, you know, I took a lot of grief by my senior team because I required the senior manager of every department, whether it be technology, marketing, whatever it was, legal, every, every senior manager, you know, these are executive vice president levels to review, personally review every suggestion that came in for that department. So they would have a team that would review them and would narrow them down. And the, the, the basic rule for everybody was you could put in the best suggestion in the world, but if we can't implement it in short order, then it's meaningless. So it's yes. got to be implementable. Yeah. So you could say, you know, whatever it is, we're going to build a, 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 a spaceship and that sounds wonderful, but we can't do it. So mm -hmm. what's, what's the value of that? Zero. Yeah. But if you put things in that are not only important, but also implementable, then you know, we would we would pay out, you know, money to each of the people that put in uh, suggestions that were accepted. Uh, every suggestion that was implemented, they got more money. Then we voted on the best suggestions for the month and then the best suggestions for the quarter and then the best suggestions again for the year. And there were big payouts for the suggestions. Mm. And we would get, it was crazy, thousands of <laughs> suggestions a month. Yeah, that's an engaged group. That's a group yeah. that cares. Yeah. And so last thing on this, I'll just give you one more thing. Yeah. So going back to the first business, when I had the board up where people would actually, you know, an eraser board where they would write their their suggestions. I learned that when things were good, 
they would write many suggestions and we would have to erase the board, you know, take down all the suggestions, you know, write them all down. And now we have a clean board and they would do them again. And in a month, we might get three boards or four boards. It was fantastic. When things were not going well, when me as a leader didn't know what was going on, I knew that if the suggestions stopped coming in or slowed down, there was an underlying problem that I had to find out what that problem was. So I was able to nip the problem, whatever that problem is, early, early, early on and get everybody back on track real quick before it got out of hand, before I had another, you know, sales, top sales guy that I had to fire and not know all the reasons. The thing I love about that, Don, is that you were, well, there's a number of things. You're, you're using employee engagement as a lead indicator for culture and actually saying if engagement is high, then it's it's a positive indicator about culture. If it's low, then it's a it's an indicator that there, there's probably something up. But also you're you're allowing decisions to be made as close to the ground as possible. And I think this is this is the mistake a, a, a lot of leaders make. And if you think of it in the military, you know you want to you want to set the strategy with the high level, but you want to make decisions about each location about the specifics. You know you want to understand. You want to look through the eyes of the people in the trenches of the people who are actually looking at the target of what they're seeing on the ground. And that's what I love about the suggestions. You're actually, you're actually making decisions close to the ground and you're creating that channel from people on the front line to executive leadership that people get scared of because they, um, you know, they don't want, they don't want people jumping over others, but I, I love the way you structure that is it's, it's an opportunity for, engagement for suggestions and then you rewarded it and you celebrated it big time big time we loved it and, it, and the whole company got into it it was so it was so much fun you know, it was just great it was a lot of fun it was great it, and you're right we, we really could very quickly tell when there was a problem and you know just narrowing narrow it down very 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 quickly and very easily uh, otherwise you just don't know yeah. As a leader, very often you go through life and, you know, everything's good. You're, you're making money. You know, people, you know, I always remember thinking when people laugh at my jokes, my jokes are not that funny. You know, but when you're the president of a company, mm. all your jokes are funny. <laughs> and you have to remember that you're not that funny. You, know? <laughs> you got to remember it because, yeah. you know, it, it is what it is. It doesn't matter who it is. It's just the way that it is. So I like that. It's uh, how do you stay yeah. grounded? You need to you need people in your life who remind you you're not that funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, trust me, my kids remind me all the time. That's yeah, that's right. I'm thinking of my, <laughs> actually, well, my wife, Liz, does does laugh a lot at my jokes, which um which aren't funny, uh, but at the same time, you know, she'll definitely tell me when, uh, when, when it's extremely not funny. So yeah, you need those, yeah, well, you need those people around you, don't you? Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and, and our wives without question, they will always tell us without question, yes. which is great. It's all good. It's fun. And I, and I love jokes anyway. So yeah, me too. That's well, Don, this has been so much fun. I guess, um, uh, I would love to give you an invitation to come back. I, I think we've touched on a bunch of things you're passionate about, but I, I think maybe down the track we could definitely do another round at some point and it would be great to unpack some of the uh, some of the other things you're passionent about, maybe even hear an update on accrueme.com down the track at some point. 
That sounds great. I'd love it. This has been fun. You've, you've asked some great questions and got me thinking about things that I don't normally think about. So thank you. Oh, and there's one thing that I haven't covered that I, I want to before we finish, which is about your morning routine. So sure. let's let's just spend a bit of time there because unpack for uh, for listeners, and I know there'll be people out there who'll be leaning in going, ooh, you know, anyone who's interested in productivity like me, I, I love it. Tell us about your morning routine and what that looks like. I have a great morning routine, and I started it probably about 15 years ago. And I'm telling you, I can't live without it. It's just it's just that important to me now. And I've heard people talk about morning routines. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is unbelievable. So here's what I do. I get up at 530 in the morning and I wasn't always an early bird, you know, but I'm I, I'm up at 530. I get a cup of coffee. I come into my office. I sit down. I have something called the five minute journal. Uh, and it's a simple, simple thing. And inside the five minute journal, I have pictures of my parents, both my parents who have passed, my grandparents, all four of them, uh, aunts and uncles, my sisters, my cousins, you know, people that have been very, very influ influential in my life. And on some days, I just put out a picture of my parents. And I always have one picture out, though, in, in addition. And it's a picture of me in, in uh, Austria slash Germany, right on the border on mm -hmm. top of a major mountain and my wife took the picture and you know, it's just, you're, you're on top of the world. Mm -hmm. And I would always put that picture out because the reason I'm on top of the world is because of all these people, all of my, my, my siblings and my parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and on and on and on friends, cousins, you know, they, they made me who I am. And I have to say thank you every day because I, I really feel it. And when you're looking at a picture of them, you know, I love to look at, put all their pictures out on my desk and go one by one and re remember something, a story of, you know, when my, I had my ice cream truck and my aunt would feed me every night, not every night, but many nights. And I'm like, damn, like, how did you have that much food as, you know, an 18 year old kid coming into your house and eating you out of house and home? How did you do it? You know, it's just unbelievable. But thank you for doing that. It was such a special time that I got to spend with my my aunt and my cousins. It was magnificent. But I would go around the, 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 the desk, if you will, to each one and thank them for different things and have a different memory. And these memories come back. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. And so it's a special, special thing. And then in the five minute journal, it's very easy. It's three questions. So it's first, you know, say, say um, write down three things that you're grateful for. Mm -hmm. So every morning thinking about starting my day with, you know, what am I grateful for? And now you, you, you whatever it might be to you that day, I write those down. Then three things that are going to make today great. And again, simple, but three things that if I do these three things, today is going to be great. And then I finish up with one final thing in there, and it's a statement. And it's just, I am. And on that day, how do I feel? I am excited for the day. I am going to kick ass at the gym. I am going to get this project done before noon. And then I'm going to have you know a, a, a beautiful afternoon, whatever it might be. That's it. And then I leave from there and either I go to the gym for a workout or I go do some yoga and stretching and then into an infrared sauna that I have in my house mm. and I listen to a podcast. So if you think about it, I'm doing everything, mind, body and soul mm. before I start work.
And it's fantastic. It's a great way to start a day. And, and again, with the podcast in the sauna, I'm always learning, always, always, always learning something, which yeah. is fantastic. I just love it. I just love it. So, yeah. and, and just to put it in perspective, if you look up the five minute journal, um, I'm trying to remember the guy, uh, Hal Elrod, he wrote the book, the morning, the, the, oh boy, I have the book, but something, Hal Elrod, yes. <laughs> something morning, like the miracle morning, uh, miracle, the miracle morning, the miracle morning, six habits miracle that transform your life before 8am. And I'm telling you, it may be a hundred pages at most, and it's a tiny, tiny, tiny book, but it's very, very impactful. And I would suggest anybody reading it. It'll take you no time to read it and then to implement it. You know, it's, it's, it's literally a game changer. It's life changing. So that's Wonderful. what I do. Yeah. Thank you. And, um, any, uh, any podcasts that you're really loving that you'd recommend for people to check out? Well, you know, I'm big into health. So one of the ones that I really love is the, um, the, Dr. Mark Hyman, who's a uh, functional medicine doctor. He was the head of functional medicine at the Cleveland Clinic. Yes. And uh, he, he's, he's got a couple of podcasts that I just love. But recently, I've been trying to learn everything I can about crypto. So yes. I've been listening to different podcasts on crypto and haven't really found the best one yet. But I'm trying, you know, I've I found some a, a bunch of different ones. So I'm getting different perspectives. I just haven't found the right one yet, um, unless you have one to, to suggest. Oh, well, no, I haven't. Um, uh, I haven't found I know there's some great episodes on the Tim Ferriss show, which I, I really mm -hmm. enjoy Tim Ferriss's interview style. And they're really long, long form podcasts. And there's he's, he's great. He's great. Yeah. Uh, but there, that's not that's not all about crypto. There's just occasional podcast right. episodes about that. Uh, I came across an Australian group recently that do a crypto um, that do a crypto podcast. I'm just trying to remember, um, but that that was quite good. It's a it's a real that's real introductory though. It depends what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. So um, I can't remember the name of that uh, that podcast, yeah. but I know I know it's. Uh, I just found that their perspective on how they sort of unpack it uh, was, I, I found it really refreshing. Um, so yeah, okay. a, a bit like you, I'm really interested in it. And so yeah. um, if I come across anything, then I'll have to yeah, uh, please, please post it to you and, and let listeners know, listeners to know as well. Um, yes. Yeah, so I'll, if I, if I come across it, I'll let people, people know. Uh, what about books? Any books that you, you find yourself gifting to others more than, you know, if you look back over the past, you know, particularly few yep. years, yep. there are any books that you gift to other people? You know, uh, early on in my career, I used to give out the, um, uh, the erroneous zones, your erroneous zones by Wayne Dyer, uh, yeah. because I think it's life changing, especially for younger people. But now the book that I give out for years, I bought, I can't tell you how many of these books I've bought, but the compound effect by Darren Hardy. Yes. Yep. It's fantastic. And the audio book, I think my son and my daughter-in-law have listened to the audio book at least 10 times. Mm. Uh, you know, I've read the book. I've met Darren a number of times. Uh, you know, I, I really enjoy his thinking and the way that he goes about it. But the compound effect is something that stays with me. It's so basic. It's doing little things right and doing good things, you know, a little bit at a time, but consistently over time. And it changes everything. Just as if you do, a, you know, if you're going to eat ice cream every night, eventually you're going to get fat. 
It's just the way it is. You know, you have it every <laughs> yeah. once in a while, you know, fine. But if you do it every night, you're going to get fat. If you work out even for five minutes every day, you're going to do other things that are positive along the same lines. And all of a sudden you're going to be in better shape. You're going to think more clearly. You're going to feel better. You're going to look better. You're going to get more compliments. And what did you do? You did very little, but you did it consistently over a long period of time. So that's it in a nutshell. But I love yeah, that book. That's great. There's also, uh, the, I think it's in that book where he gives this breakdown of if you if you had to choose between $10 a week compounding or $5,000 a year. Well, I think is that, is that uh, there's a, there's, yeah. And the way that, you know, for a bunch of years, you would look completely, um, you know, it would seem ludicrous that you cho- if you chose the $10 a week, but compounding at, I can't remember what the, like a tiny percentage, but over suddenly there's this point, which is the whole, you know, the idea of the book that right. you, it just, because of the compounding growth, the percentage increase just launches you past the, uh, yeah. past the sort of the linear. It's, it's yeah. uh, atomic so, habits so, so, is another so the one. Typical- Yes. Oh, yeah. Tiny Habits is a great one. I believe in it because, you know, I actually got a little bored with it because I live it. And when you when you live something, you know, it's like, yeah, I know that already. And, you know, I got little bits out of it. But for the most part, it's the way that I live. Like, I'll give you one quick story that I think people will appreciate on Tiny Habits and putting and implementing it is, you know, years ago, I decided I needed to start working out more often. And I was only going, you know, working out on weekends. So I decided, you know what, every morning, I'm going to get up, and I'm going to do 40 push ups, 40 sit ups and 40 pull ups. Okay, I, I could do it. Well, the next morning, what happens? You get up, you get into the shower as you've done for years before. And you say, ah, oh, I forgot to work out. I can't do it now. I'm going to start sweating. Yeah. Next day I go to bed at night. I'm getting up in the morning. I've got a little mat set up. I'm going to do all this. Okay, great. I get up. I'm in the shower. Oh, damn. I forgot again. Third day. I forgot again. All right. I'm changing my goals. Five push-ups. Yes. Five sit-ups, five pull-ups. So that even if I get in the shower, I could still do five. That's not a problem. So next day, by accident, I'm back in the shower. I'm like, oh, I screwed up again. Wait a minute. I lower the goal to five. I can't say no now. Mm. I got out of the shower. I did my five, five, and five. I didn't just do five, five, and five. I did more. I think I did 20 of each. And I'm like, because I'm not sweating with 20, so that was fine. The next day, I got back in the shower. Oh, oh, five, and five, and five. Okay, I did 20, 20, 20. The next day, I'm looking forward to it. I didn't go into the shower first. I, I had that, these little tiny habits, this little something that you couldn't not do. I hate doing double negatives, but you really couldn't <laughs> not do it. And, yeah. and, and that's, you know, it was a life changer for me. And, you know, I, I know if you lower your goal to the point where you can't say no, you're going to win. Yeah, I like and you'll that. always do more. I like that more. where you can't say no. <laughs> it's so it's so true. I had a similar thing with running where I really wanted to get into a, I really wanted to push myself in uh, in fitness, but I just found that it was the first thing to drop off, right? It was the first thing to go, yep. I can't get to that. And so I just, uh, for me, I decided I have to do it daily, a bit like what you were talking about. Like it's, I, yep. I realized if I can make this part of my routine, 
that takes all the willpower out of it. It just makes it really effortless as Greg McKeown. That's that's a great book, Effortless. Um, but I, I yes. started just running and uh, I actually used an app called Couch to 5K, which is which is brilliant. It's like a, a an AI, you know, um, <laughs> sort of coach because it starts off saying, okay, first one today, you're not even going to break a sweat. You're just going to, you know, move two minutes running and then one minute walking. Like it's so easy, exactly yeah. what you're saying. There's no excuse. You're just like, oh, there's, there's no there's no pain involved. It's just getting the routine started. But then you find you start looking forward to it. Suddenly you're starting to push yourself and it becomes part of your, it, it becomes easier to keep doing it than it is to stop it. Right. Absolutely. A hundred percent. It's just part of your life. I found, um, I, I did find the, I did a quick little uh, Google and it's called Crypto Curious is the, uh, is okay. the Australian um, one, but it's, it's a great introduction. It's from, uh, it's from three Aussies and uh, they're, they're the team at Bamboo and Equity Mates Media. So if you just look up in um, Spotify or wherever you listen to podcast Crypto Curious, Equity Mates Media, and I just really appreciated them uh, starting with the real basics, but I feel like they're going to be going into a lot more depth because obviously they're they're working in this space. And um, being an, being an Aussie, I enjoy uh, enjoy hearing um, some some Aussie uh, uh, sort of perspective on things, so people can check that out. And uh, and love what you mentioned about the compound effect. That's a, that's a great book. Um, if anyone's really interested, is. there's a my favorite YouTube channel is called The Productivity Game. And the productivity mm. game has um, is a guy named Nathan, and he has over a hundred, might be two hundred book summaries. And that's not unique because there's lots out there that do book summaries. But what is unique is he is so intentional. He reads the book, he pulls out for him the big aha takeaways and how yep. he's going to implement them, and that's what he gives you in about eight or ten minutes. So the compound effect is one of them, where I've seen Nathan's um, uh, book summary of the compound effect. So that. That's a great, I use the productivity game as a launching pad to work out what books I then want to go and read. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Thank you. He's on point. I just, I follow him and every time he launches a new video, I've watched all of his videos and I'm going through them again because the way he unpacks each book is the best I've seen in terms of summaries. So that's 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 another tool. Well, we could probably go on for for hours more, Don. Yeah. um, (laughs) Did you have any final thoughts for listeners? Uh, no, I, I think um, I think this was really terrific. I think we covered a lot of ground. If anybody wants to uh, engage with me, uh, I think the best spot is through LinkedIn. Uh, yes. And I respond to everybody and it's under my full name, Donald Hennig, H-E-N-I-G. And I'm happy to communicate with anybody that wants to. Wonderful. Thank you for mentioning that. People can find you on LinkedIn and look up Donald Hennig and get in touch. And um, particularly if there are any Amazon sellers out there, yeah, uh, then uh, <laughs> who are listening and wanting to grow your business, then then drop uh, drop on a line. And uh, I just want to thank our listeners. Thank you for tuning in. And I, I know you would have gotten so much out of today. It's been a wonderful conversation. Um, <clears throat> just a reminder that we also have our other podcast, the John O'White Leadership Podcast, where I just give you content about leadership and leadership question of the day, a different question every day to put a stone in your shoe and help you grow as a leader because growth is 
just never comfortable. And um, last of all, though, I just want to say another massive thank you. And just uh, honestly, it's been a it's been a joy. I, I you know lost track of the time level of uh, just chatting about all these things, Don. So thank you so much, and uh, and can't wait to do round two down the track. Thanks for coming on, Don. This was great. Thank you, Donna. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles, in different industries, answer these seven questions on leadership and leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership. I believe your experience, your life, your context means that you have advice on leadership that other leaders can learn from. Yes, you, if you're going, not me. Well, no, I really believe you would have something to add. So if you're looking for a way to give back, it's completely free to get involved. And we would love to interview you through the seven questions on leadership. You just go to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest or Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form and get involved. We have a free resource on our website called the Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook, 10 world-class leaders giving their thoughts on leadership, and that's completely free. It's available on our homepage, consultclarity.org, right at the top. So make sure you go and get that and download it today. And we have a free daily email that you can subscribe to. We send this out to over 15,000 leaders from around the world. And uh, it contains the highlights of content from our podcasts, our blogs, um, our books, books we're reading. It's got the best content and it gives you exclusive, limited, early access to our masterclasses, workshops, new products, special offers. It's all for our subscribers. You can go to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe and join 15,000 other leaders And, you know, my gift to you is to work really hard, particularly through the Leadership Conversations podcast. I have been blown away by the quality of the leaders and I'm learning as much as anyone in doing these interviews. So I'm having a great time. And my gift to you is to keep lining up the best leaders I can to invest in your leadership. Your gift to me, if you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively. And that is to write a review and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this, I can't tell you how much that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. Another thing that means a lot to me personally is when I see our community share our content. So if you do share this or any other piece of content on social media, then thank you and and please do that. And look for me, Jono White, or clarity and tag us in your post. Our team is always looking for posts to engage with from our community. And there's also a chance that we'll share your content uh, to go beyond and share it with our followers. Last of all, you can check out my book. It's called Step Up or Step Out, How to Deal with Difficult People Even If You Hate Conflict. 
I wrote this book because 50% of the coaching sessions I have with leaders, this topic comes up again and again and again. And it's this idea of how do I have this difficult conversation? How do I lead this person better when I'm finding them difficult? Or in some cases you look and you say, I think I might be leading a difficult person. They're just quite difficult to lead or I'm finding them quite difficult to lead. So there's a three-step process that I unpack in step up or step out. And the amazing thing, and I've literally done this myself and I've heard it anecdotally from other leaders as I've coached them, is that if you follow this process, you will see that person step up and change their behavior or make a decision, which is to step out some of the time. Uh, 95% of the time, people will step up or step out in just four weeks. And I stand by that. It's uh, You have to read the book to understand, but uh, I really do believe in it and I've experienced it firsthand. It works. So you can go to Amazon, look up Step Up or Step Out John O. White or store.consultclarity.org forward slash book. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time.